Hi everyone, this is Klaatu, and this is the How to Be an Urban Camper mini-series. This is episode, I think, six in the series, and in this episode we'll be talking about money. This is probably going to be a slightly shorter episode because it is kind of self-explanatory and also very uh, specific, I think, to the individual. While I might make money one way, you might have a completely different skill set and have a completely different way of making money. So, and, and of course, I live in one area, you live in another. My area might be sort of a hiring phase, and they're just hiring everyone they can find. Yours might be in a little bit more uh, of a lull and isn't hiring as much. So, obviously, it's just going to be a lot of common sense and just kind of probably doing what you're already doing. The big difference between money matters while you're urban camping versus money matters while you're not is that you're going to find that your cost of living is drastically lower when you're urban camping. Probably, quite possibly, you have no context for exactly how low your cost of living will be. I'm no economist or financial advisor or anything like that. I don't know a whole lot about this sort of stuff. But I do know that if your cost of living is substantially lower than the amount of money that you are making, then you are necessarily making a profit. So, in other words, you're making $100 a month Um, I'm just using really easy numbers here to to get the point across. And your cost of living is $50 a month, then how much have you made that month? You've made $50. Uh, If if you're making $100 a month and your apartment costs $50, again, I'm using really simplified numbers here, monopoly money. Uh, Your apartment costs $50 and your food costs $25 and your electric bill costs $25, how much have you made? Well, you've just spent 50 plus 25 plus 25, that's $100. You made $100, you're, you're now at $0. So that's the idea, right? That's all very sort of elementary, junior high school kind of common sense about finances. And of course, it, it holds true through life. I mean, that that's the basics of it, right? If you make more money than you're spending, you're making a profit. That's that. That profit ostensibly should go into savings or something like that, I guess. Or it might go into your artwork or some kind of uh, personal project that you're working on. Who knows? So when you're urban camping, your uh, expenses tend to be uh, food. That's your primary expense. And aside from that, it's there's really not a whole lot other than that. So whatever you can get food for, that's as much as you're spending. Now, you might have some upfront costs initially, like joining a gym, for instance, if you wanted that easy shower access. Uh, well, and if you're if you're doing the whole living in your vehicle thing, there's, there's maintenance for the car, but uh, presumably you've already had that expense as well, so that's not probably anything new, but it's still an expense. So food and maybe some, some vehicle expenses, and, and that's about it. There's no rent and there are no bills, and everything else you make on top of food and vehicle expenses, maybe a gym membership, that's profit. That's money that you've made. So if you don't need profit, you don't necessarily want or need to save money right now or, or just aren't making that much money to do that, then basically your your goal would be to just simply make food and car expenses for that month and you're good to go. So keeping that sort of thing in mind, you're going to find that the expenses associated with the urban camping uh, are low, so you only need to make so much money uh, each month. And typically, I have found a part-time job is plenty to get you by during urban camping. I've worked at a minimum-paying job in a bagel place and was urban camping, and it worked out really, really nicely. Didn't even have that much food expense because I kept eating all the food at the bagel place, so there was really no food cost. I did have 
a little bit of a car expenses, and that's it. So, I mean, this was like a minimum wage part-time job, and I was fine. Now, I didn't have any money to spare, honestly. It was a minimum wage part-time job. I didn't make a lot at all. So I didn't have a whole lot of money left over, but I was fine anyway. You know, I was making the money that I needed to make. So that would be the first way to make money while you're urban camping, and that is to work. Find a job. You can find any kind of job, part-time, food service, technical, whatever you happen to be uh, capable of doing, that could be it. Uh, You'll be amazed just how handy a job is when you're urban camping. I I find it very helpful because otherwise, at least for me, it seems like I'm always hanging around the same cafe or the same library or or whatever, you know, and so I very often sort of wear out my welcome pretty quickly in one area. I, I don't tend to migrate too far from a certain kind of radius. So so the job helps me, kind of gives me an excuse to be somewhere a lot. And I tend to do that a lot. I, I tend to wear out my welcome at my own job a lot. Like in the bagel place that I would work at, I would work, uh, you know, for the six hours or whatever I would work that day. Uh, I think it was a four-hour shift, actually. But um, anyway, so I'd work in the morning, and then I'd get off at like 10 or something, and 10 a.m., and then I'd like sit down there in the, the eating area and just work at my computer for basically until they closed, which I think, if memory serves, about 1700. So they really thought I was quite strange. They thought it was really bizarre. Um, Now, other jobs have been, it's been really sort of, it's paid off a lot better than that, where I'll stay there all day, even though I was only employed half-time, and they would think that I was just working really hard and, and that I really wanted a raise or something. And so that actually worked in my favor. Personally, um, I don't really care. I just need a place to sit and use my computer. Jobs are nice for that. The other way to get around, you know, not having a job but but still get the whole money thing are just random odd jobs. You know, community boards, Craigslist, whatever. Look around, see where people need something done, and then tell them that you will do it for money. Um, it's pretty pretty straightforward, really. What I used to do when I was doing this kind of thing, would I would just print up a whole bunch of notices Um, and business cards as well, both of them. And I would go around to all the community boards I could find and just post what I could do, like, you know, computer help, Mac or PC, set up printers, help you with internal, you know, your home network, that's the term that everyone seems to know, home network, fix your computer, you know, all all that kind of stuff. And I would have my email on there and my, my phone number, and then people could contact me and hire me. And that worked out really well, actually. I got a lot of really good jobs that way. A lot of, um, for some reason, setting up printers. That was like one of the main things I did. I don't know why people couldn't. For a while, it seemed like no one could set up their printer. And I really learned a lot about cups at that time and um, and just kind of configuring printers, mainly on Macs, because that was what I really pitched myself as. But a lot of people would bring me in and have me work on their Mac, and then they would see that I knew what I was doing and automatically assume that I would know Windows even better. Um, And so they would have me work on their Windows machine. And of course, I have no clue what to do on Windows. But if you're halfway intelligent, then you can just kind of figure it out. So 
um, that that was a really good thing. Craigslist I've had less luck with, but I think that's because I'm just kind of out of the rhythm of those odd jobs. I think if if I was really doing that all the time, I think I could probably find some better things on Craigslist. But keep in mind that on Craigslist, I mean, I probably don't need to be telling you guys this, but there are different categories for the job posting, so you have to kind of look in all of them. Like some will be specific to computers, some will be more like uh, vague things like um, repair or something like that, you know, And but you'll find the computer repairs in that. You know, they're miscategorized job postings, I guess is what I'm trying to get to, which again, common sense. Obviously, once you start getting random jobs with one person, you can typically really, really advertise yourself with that person and just just keep telling them, um, you know, let let your all your friends know about me. I do that. You know, call yourself a freelancer. That's a term that a lot of people like, and just let them know that you're available. You love doing this sort of thing. You know, just be friendly, basically, and, and really try to get them to advertise for you. And I have found that they actually typically do, especially if you're nice and really, really friendly and really, really helpful. If you're doing the odd job kind of thing, I find a lot of times you've got nothing but time. So yeah, they might only be paying you $50 or $75 or something. But if you, I I tend to try to not think of it so much as, oh, I'm getting $50 and I only spent an hour. I did really good. I just think of it as $50 for that month. And and if it takes me two hours, and and for one of those hours, I'm simply t- talking about you know talking to this person about how beautiful their little poodle is. Okay, then that's an investment, and yeah, it's time spent, and I'm only getting fifty dollars for that two hours. I I just don't think of it that way. I think of it more as uh, on a monthly kind of thing. Like that's fifty dollars that I don't have to make for the rest of the month. Now that's fifty dollars I've got in my pocket. So job well done, and that and that kind of thing typically gets the person on your side. They they start to really like you. Um, and I've literally had those few people who will just, it's almost like they start to invent invent problems, or they're not really inventing problems, but they're little problems that normally they wouldn't ever think of paying anyone to fix because it's just a little thing. It's just they can't launch um, Safari anymore, which doesn't really matter because now they're using Firefox, so they don't really care. But hey, there's that really nice guy, Klaatu, and and he's such a pleasure to talk to, and he really seems to like my poodle, and he knows his coffee really well. And maybe I'll go ahead and pay him, you know, twenty five dollars to come over here for an hour to f- to fix Safari. And it like takes you three minutes to ditch the preference files and relaunch Safari, and you're done. You spend the rest of the time drinking coffee and talking about the dog show coming up, and then you're out. You know, it's just It's silly, but hey, it really, really works. And I guess, once again, it's a form sort of 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 social engineering, if you can think of it that way. I mean, it's really, I guess, just good business practice or something. Okay, so that's random jobs. Promoting yourself. I hate promoting myself. I can't do it. I'm horrible at it, so I just prove myself as vaguely capable of computery kinds of things, and, and they tend to sell me a lot better than I can sell myself. If you're great at advertising yourself, hey, go for it. But yeah, I, I find that business cards and uh, little posters, you know, just eight and a half by 11 size posters with just the important stuff, you know, because you have to assume that these people are going to be walking by on their way to the subway or the way to work or whatever. They don't have time to read a whole paragraph. Just Put the keywords on there and and make it easy for them to grab your number or your email. Um, okay, that was probably too much on that subject, but but it, it is that's a great way to make money. Really, don't sell yourself short as as a in an independent uh, contractor. I guess you can go out there, you can make money if you have computer skills. Believe me, there are so many people out there who just 
have no idea what they're doing. I've had a lot less, I guess I guess this is a more complex subject than I thought. So I've had a lot less success with the, like the web, de- not that I'm actually anyway a web developer, but like webs, you know, creating websites or um, editing editing videos for, for quote-unquote normal people, those kinds of um, project-based jobs I seem to have a lot less luck with. They work. You can work on the, the project and you you will get paid. But I have found that the pain, the sheer pain and, and displeasure of dealing with, with really the people who become clients, right? These people with a project that they need done in a certain way and you're supposed to guess how it needs to get done and then you have to go change it when they hate it and it just it, it really does become one of those things that takes up all your time all month long you're only getting $300 for it $200 for it something stupid like that and yet they want everything they want you to do everything for them they want it perfect they want it exactly as they're describing even though their ideas are horrible uh, i mean you've seen all the jokes online about this kind of thing well they're all true and they're not funny when you're trying to make you look on craigslist and there's like five jobs that pay $50 each and then you're you're stuck doing this one job that is completely unpleasant. It's taking eight hours a day of your time because you just keep going back and forth with this client. It's horrible. So I tend to avoid those unless it's for a, some kind of business that they need, like an, a video edited. Or sometimes if it's a person who needs to be almost have a class, like Final Cut Pro lessons or something like that. That that tends to work out a lot better. But that almost goes back to that sort of random computer help more than it does, I think, the whole project-based model. So be very, very careful with project, random projects that you find on Craigslist and stuff. Those, at least in my experience, have been horrible, horrible things. Uh, If you you find differently, please go for it. Good for you. Um, Me, myself, I tend to avoid them. Okay, so that's random jobs. That was getting a job. The other way to do it, of course, is using your skills um, as you see fit. So by by this I mean I have friends who play musical instruments quite well. They'll stand out on the street and play music, and they will get donations from passers-by, and they do really, really well. And that's one of those things that, I mean, that's great. If you do that, not only are you practicing your instrument, but you are getting money for it. And yeah, you're spending probably a good part of the day doing it, but, I mean, you're only getting better. So don't forget that you probably have some kind of skill, and I don't know what that is. I mean, maybe you sing, maybe you play an instrument, maybe you're a really, really fantastic mime. I don't know, but don't sell yourself short on your skills. I'm kind of assuming that if you're listening to the show, you're a computer person and that you have computer skills. But keep in mind that you might have either, yes, you have computer skills, but you also have other skills, or maybe you're not a computer geek. Maybe you don't really know that much about computers, but hey... You probably know something. And a lot of times you can use that somehow. Uh, I can't really think of all the possible ways, of course, but I'll bet you can if you really think about what you can do and how it might be, I guess the term would be marketable. However, um, it pains me to say such a word. It sounds so official, so businessy. Um, okay, so the last way to make money that I know of is to beg or spange. Um, spanging is the hipster term for uh, begging for spare change. Spange. If you go out onto the street and ask for money, you ostensibly will actually make money. And this tends to work for people fairly well because uh, the human, you know, the average human on the street wants to help another person. Not everyone, but the average one does. They they want to help you. They want to make you feel good because it makes them feel good to make you feel good. 
This works very much to your advantage if you simply stand out on the street and ask passers-by for money. I have found in my very limited experience doing this that making up elaborate stories as to why you want need the money is quite unnecessary. You simply say, do you have any spare change? Or, you know, do you have a dollar? Whatever. And, and people are either going to give it to you or they're not. Honestly, whether you need money or not, this is a great activity to do. You should just go do this one afternoon. Like, take your lunch hour or, or when you get off from, from class one day, just go out onto the the busy foot traffic street in your city and start asking for for money. It's astonishing what happens. It, it really is. This is in terms of like the whole social engineering or or at least the, the studying of of people. This is a fantastic activity. It's just really interesting to see people's reactions, see what they how how they respond to the question, whether they give you money or not, whether they stop and talk or not. It's just really really interesting. And there are all kinds of variations on this, you know. You can go out and wear a green t-shirt or something and say that you're with with Greenpeace or some charity like that and get money uh from from people on on completely false pretenses. Uh you can you can go out and and tell people that, that you're raising money for your school. It's just fascinating to see how people respond to what you're saying. Now, the downside to all of these things is that um, while, while it's really an interesting social experiment, I think, it, it is typically not uh, technically legal, I think. I know that people are shooed away when they're doing this quite often by the police. I have found that the police tend to bother the people who don't look totally crazy a lot more than they bother uh, the people who do look crazy. So while you might see like that old uh, war veteran, supposedly, who's sitting on the side of the street um, asking for money, and he'll do that every day and he'll never get bothered. And then one block up, you'll see some person who looks like they might just be kind of doing it because they just want some extra money that day or, or like they're passing through town and trying to get some more money to for their next stop, something like that. They'll get... They'll get bother- bothered by the police. They'll get. I literally seen people get ticketed for um, I don't know, I, panhandling. I think is the term. Yeah, panhandling. Um, they they literally got a ticket for it. So it, it's really strange, and it, it seems very nebulous in terms of what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. So you need to kind of watch out for that. And and like I like I said, I I don't actually do this for money. I, I I do it for fun sometimes just to see the reactions and stuff like that, but I, I've, I've never felt the need to, to go do it for for actual money. More often, I would play an instrument or something like that. Um, that. That tends to have the same result, and that seems to be less of a target by the police, I think, because as long as you look vaguely presentable, I think maybe it's the general consensus that street musicians kind of add to the charm of the area rather than detract from them. And that's about it. That's that's the ways that I know to make money. It would be a good idea. One of the things that that really helped me, um, well, every time that I was I was urban camping, but I, I think I really kind of perfected it this most recent time is coming up with a just a daily budget. Because if you come up with one day's budget, and you can be very very precise when you're urban camping, it's really fantastic. Like one thing that I have a problem with when I am living in an apartment or something, I never seem to get a grip on what the expenses are going to be. You know, you see the apartment and it's advertised for $550 a month. And you're like, okay, well, that's pretty cool. So you go into the apartment, it's 550 and it says all the utilities are paid except electric. That's cool. You get into the apartment, turns out 
there's really nothing in the apartment but electric stuff. Well, there's water, but but there's no gas anyway. There's, the stove is electric, the heat is electric, you know, and you're like, oh, that's why they're not going to pay my electric. And so, of course, heat and, and stoves and, and things like that and lights, how do you, like, you can't really gauge how much money they're going to cost you. And maybe you could, maybe I could, like, literally time every day how long a light is on and then, like, look at the end of the month and see what the, the overall cost is or something. But anyway, the, my my point is that when I'm urban camping, it's a very, very set amount of money every single day. There's money for breakfast and lunch and possibly dinner, uh, for coffee, and there's, well, there's, there's the initial cost of a gym membership, but that was only once, and so that was done. Uh, there might be money for gas, and that's like $30 a month because I don't really drive that much. So, yeah, I mean, it's just like, what are your expenses? And then you can kind of play around and start seeing, especially if you're a creature of habit, you can start seeing how much money you typically spend on, for instance, breakfast. And that might be 2 or $3 for a bagel and a coffee. Uh, and then you can see how much you're going to spend for lunch, and that might be a little bit more, like $7. And you can see how much if you're going to spend anything for dinner, and that might be another $7. And so you start to build up a pretty clear and very, very consistent budget. So if you do that, and you say, okay, this is how much I spend in a day, and I know that there are 30 days in, a, in the typical month, so this is how much I need to make every month in order for me to be completely happy and uh comfortable. And you'll find that when you're urban camping, that's not that hard to do. So I don't know, try that out for a month um, if you are going to do the whole urban camping thing and, and track your expenses or not even track them, just like, well, track them for like two days and figure that that's probably going to be your consistent expenditures uh, for pretty much every day. And you'll find that it's really, really simple to get a grasp of, of what exactly you do all day in terms of monetary requirements and take it from there. Start start figuring out what you need to do for work based on, on that. Pretty straightforward. Um, enjoy making a little tiny bit of money while urban camping, or a lot, and then you can save a lot of money, or you can put it towards your personal project, like building your secret supercomputer, or making a movie, or an album, or, you know, whatever it is people do with their extra money. Um, thanks for listening to this episode. The next episode, we are going to be talking about what on earth you do during those daylight hours as an urban camper. Like, what do you do to fill up your, your day? You've got all this time now. You're working a little bit, and, and then what? So we'll talk about that next episode.
Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio, sponsored in part by caro.net. So head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.